And welcome to another episode of A Talk of Opportunity at night on Monday. <laughs> Monday nights. <laughs> Monday nights. I'm tired. That's in, that's in. <laughs> Work was kind of rough today, everybody. Here we are. <laughs> all those emails over the weekend. Oh, God. Anyways, today we continue our uh, deep dive into the Shadowfell. Part four. Actually, what happened was that every other department besides mine gets overtime because we're low on work. So I cut. So I came in today, and all of the work from Saturday was dammed up in my department. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't care about your work. So we're here for one reason, one reason only. <laughs> we're only here for Chris Perkins's work. Yeah, it's true. Shadowfell. Part four. If you missed all the other three parts, just go listen to it on Spotify or YouTube or the Apple one. And uh, this means, you know what this means, Andrew? What? This is our season two finale. Yeah. <laughs> and it should have been on Halloween, but. It should have been on Halloween, but I got lazy. Shit lazy-ish. got in the way. <laughs> and by shit got in the way, I mean Guardians of the Galaxy for the PS5. Excellent game. Hooked me. I wasn't able to read anything. <laughs> to be to be honest, it would have been. It, it was a good thing that we didn't record when we wanted to because I did not sleep that night. <laughs> and like I woke up at like three in the morning, like. <laughs> so, Please kill me. So so when you were like, "Hey, do you want to like pick another day to record?" I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> Not a amount of coffee was going to help with that. No, no. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, as usual, wait, no, we can't. We skip something. Let's play the music. Oh, wait, maybe I should queue up the music, shouldn't I? Oh, man. Oh, man, we're, here, doing, hold we're on. doing such okay, a here, good okay. job. No, no, wait, hold on. Okay, here you go. Uh, play the music, Andrew. And I think the whole thing was muted. <laughs> I hope not. I can't see all the levels, okay? I tried my best. <laughs> oh my fucking god. For the for the two viewers who are here, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you can listen to us now. So. <laughs> oh, all right. So, Shadowfell, part four. But before we do that... <laughs> they're like, man, I hope it's something not interesting that they're talking about. It's it's never <laughs> anything interesting. No, 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 no. <laughs> the original, the audio of us was fine. The audio, I muted the audio for the for the, for the the intro bumper. By oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Andrew. As traditions dictate, what are you drinking tonight? I am not. <laughs> because it's... You're- Breaking tradition for the second time this week, Andrew. Thir- well, first of all, traditions are dumb. Um, no, tradition. Traditions what keeps us together. I almost spill my tea all over. Okay, first of all, this is not fiddler on the roof. Okay, <laughs> it's also seven thirty at night. I'm not making a pot of coffee. You could have had water. I, I, okay, I had a a glass of warm milk. Okay, that's what, okay, I had a Diet Coke with my dinner. Wow. That's what I, that's what I had to drink. Do you want me to go grab it? Do you want me to go, it's still on the kitchen table. No, 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 it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. It's too late. It's too late. I'll go get it. Let me go get it. No, 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 you can't, Andrew, (laughs) get back here. (laughs) 
All right, fine. I, I guess I'll pick up your slack with my mystery tea. Stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> All right. So today's mystery tea coming from Adagio. Teas. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. It's it's it, it, it's actually I looked it up. It's pronounced Adagio. Oh really? Mm-hmm. No. Is it really Adagio? No. no. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> my English is worse than what I thought. All right. So today I'm having an herbal tea. Because there's no actual name for this specific tea. But it is rose hips, hibiscus, cranberries, natural forest berry flavor, and blueberries. There's no tea in here. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just a bunch of hot fruit juice. Well, well that, I mean, tea is kind of an all-encompassing thing. It's not, you know... It's not like there is a tree called wow. the, the tea tree. <laughs> you know what that tastes like? Have you yeah. ever had warm uh, jello before it gets solidified? That's not a good sell. <laughs> I might have put a little bit too much sugar. <laughs> That's not a good sell. What? No. If, it's, if it's all this fruit stuff, why did you put sugar in it to begin with? I didn't see it. It was a mystery tea. Oh my god! I just dumped it in there, the water, you could've, and then you I put. You read it. You no, <laughs> I read it too late. Okay, it wasn't that much. It actually wasn't. It was like a little, like a little puff of sugar. Okay, maybe if I put it on the fridge, it'll just become jello. Oh no, that's not. <laughs> Did I put the right packet? <laughs> Today I'm having lime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the flavor blue. <laughs> hey, the blue flavor is the best flavor. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Andrew, since you don't have a drink and you broke, you broke our listeners' hearts. I am so sorry, people. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I had, you a, can, French, you, I had a French press of a pretty good coffee yesterday. No, nobody likes okay, it. Okay, all right. Yeah. We, got, we, we here at, at Talk Opportunity are going to have a stern talking with Andrew Brigman. Any, any, what is the message they always put? Any, any, any thoughts or ideas are not, what is it? Are not a, fuck, the, the legal disclaimer they always put. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're Shit. talking about. I gotta look it up. <laughs> I talk about, okay. I talk about, it's not <laughs> I talk about opportunity. Uh, fuck, uh. Yes, dead air. Yay! Yeah, this is, <laughs> we know this, how to, know how to great, entertain. This is a great joke. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you love it. Fuck, I can't find it. All right, fine. Whatever. We'll move on. Oh, look. Adagio tea is me a, a, a limited time winter tea. It's something where, like, where, where it says, like, a talk of opportunity is not represented by the... Yeah. <laughs> the, idea is, the ideas represented do not reflect the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the individuals. <laughs> 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 that made this work possible. Uh, shit. All right. Cool. So, Andrew, <laughs> let's 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 actually start talking about what we're here for, which okay. is, which is Dune, uh, which is <laughs> Dune. All right. So, okay. On the, the planet Dune. world of Arrakis, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Frank Herbert novel. 
Duke uh, Lido Atreides, uh, the this, newly acquired, the new newly acquired Duke of of the planet Arrakis, after after <laughs> relinquishing the roles from the Harkonnens. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Harkonnen, dude? I I kept saying Harkonnen the whole time. Dude. Harkonnen is a much better sounding villain name than Harkonnen. Thank you. <laughs> it just the way you would describe like only, Harkonnen only because the Harkonnens are like. 80s level of like <laughs> yeah. like over a globe so yeah. It, so yeah Harkonnen is so much better than Harkonnen <laughs> whatever we're gonna talk apparently about I'm, that later apparently I'm I, wrong yes I love, this. I love the shift and tone between the Atreides and the Harkonnen family it's so it's awesome <laughs> we'll, we'll mention that during the news segment so stay stay tuned Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. New, new things coming to ooh, talk of new spicy teaser. <laughs> <laughs> new spicy teaser. Well, yeah, that's the issue for explaining. I know. I, was just, I just did it better. <laughs> did you have some spice? Can you see through time? Did you see what our new <laughs> segment's going to be? Yes. Okay. We have definitely not run out of ideas, we promise. All right. Anyways. So. Well, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving like, on. I was just like, this book is gathering dust. I need, I need to get a proper motivation to read it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's put it in a podcast. Chris, we're fucking, we're pushing past what the segment that we're in, Andrew. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. All right. Time sorry. is linear here, sorry. not like fucking. <laughs> is <Paul>. it? <laughs> Unless you have some spice in your pocket. Yes. Okay. Anyways. Oh God, this is going nowhere. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> the eyes just turn blue. <laughs> you just you just die because you're not a benegaster. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> He's overdosing. Anyways, so back to the domains of dread. Today we talk about the last four he died in he our lived. journey. Spicy. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, yes, we're talking about the last four domains of dread. The final four. Yes. The final four, the ending to our season two, what's the finale. The, We're going to title this episode Felina. What, okay. What's the <laughs> what's the final four Pokemon champions that you have to fight? What's it called? Oh, the uh, the Elite Four. Yeah, the Elite Four. I, I was the thinking Elite the Big Four, four but that's different thing. <laughs> the Elite Four. Um, and I read these and I was a little... No, really? I thought... Yeah. I, I, I kind of I thought in some, in some respects they kind of saved the best for last. Really? There's, there is one no. There's two in particular that I really really like, and, and and but I think I I think the ideas here are they're not they're not original not by any but not by any um well I don't think none of them stretch of the imagination. But what they original. do with those ideas makes it <clears throat> cool. Well, I guess you're gonna have to sell it to me because that was not that they were bad but i wasn't blown away like some of the other ones oh no 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 we're 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 far away from like from like the the blood and mayhem of falconia and like yeah and like dark on and, and all that stuff like this this the I, these i weirdly enough i see a lot more story potential for these next four more so than anything else i can see that i can and, see that but i think i think you know how i am if i'm not killing things every three seconds and leveling up every session, I'm out. And there's one, and there's one of these domains of dreads that is no joke, legitimately out of a horror movie. <laughs> so, all right. And I mean, well, I'm, and it and it might be the scariest one I've read so far. Um, all right, you got to yeah. sell me on it because I wasn't impressed. Well, if you ain't got to be impressed, did 
why are you listening to this podcast if you're not sold on it? I, I'm not listening. I'm making the podcast. Well, I mean, yeah, but still. I can't leave you. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I'm here through contractual, contractual obligation, okay? <laughs> we are contracted to be best friends. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it, yeah, there was, there was a blood pact and everything. It was weird. We thought it was, <laughs> was, was going to be really cool like in the movies, but it was just awkward. It was a weird time. There was a lot of alcohol, <laughs> and for some reason, Japanese salarymen were there, and it was, I don't know, it was it was a bit of a haze. Anyway. Somewhere out there, someone owns my last name. <laughs> why, why, yes, I am Ishikawa Monsalve. <laughs> I was too drunk, so I don't recall how that happened. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, Andrew. More, more, dent. More dent. More. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna kick this off with a good old fashioned ghost story. Ooh, spooky. Mm, warm Jello. Oh my god. <laughs> all right, I finished it. It was actually pretty good. I think if I would have not put so much sugar, it would have been really, really good. Hey. Hey. Hi. I know. I'm in. Camera's always on. Okay. Okay. I was in it. Yeah. Not good. Okay. Fix it. Uh, no. Just hand me my drink. <laughs> Just... <laughs> there, it's fixed. I'll edit it out. It's fixed. Don't worry about it. We're going to cut that out, right? Yeah, of course we are. Okay, don't worry about it. I love you. <laughs> do you want? Do you want? Do you gotta close the door. No, close yourself. Okay. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> that was such a like. That was such a like. You know when. Uh, when, uh, like, they're in the TV shows or whatever, there's, like, the kid who's, like, a hacker and he has, like, the mask on. Yeah. And then the mom pops in. It's like, hey, darling. Here's your underwear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, sorry about that. All right. Anyways. It's okay. All right. Um, so more, more dense. Ghost story. Uh, all right. We're going to kick this off uh, with a good old-fashioned ghost story. Uh, all right. When death occurs in Mordent, it doesn't signal a passage to a state of rest or an end to the struggle of mortal existence. Death here heralds the beginning of a haunted afterlife as a restless spirit. The dead earns no rest, no finality, no peace. Just a passage into the shadow world of wispy phantoms, mournful groaning, and clanking chains. <clears throat> yeah. So, immediately, right away... I get the impression that Mordent is supposed to be a very low level area. Yeah. Only Especially when the, the Dark Lord is uh, a ghost. A ghost. <laughs> like legit. Yeah. It's just a ghost. Yeah, he ha he has the he has the statistics of a ghost, which I mean, not really that compelling combat wise, which is which is probably why you think it's boring. But um I think Mordent is a very is very fertile ground for a um for a very story-driven adventure, maybe even like a small campaign, perhaps. Um, yeah, I can see that because, like, I think the thing that draws me about this one is that when when anybody dies here, they just straight up just come back as a ghost. Yeah, no mm -hmm. ifs and buts, just dead ghost. <laughs> yep, you drop dead, you're a ghost. That's it. 
Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of compelling like dynamics that could happen with a player, and it goes. Well, I think I think another thing that makes it really interesting is that there are there are possibilities to have. Well, I mean, th- this is probably one of the more tragic settings because it's like everybody becomes a ghost, not just yeah. not just people that have unfinished business in the moral realm. Like everybody becomes right. a ghost. So so there's going to be. Like if you're if you're one of if you have a character that is native to this area, you not only do you have your like lineage possibly haunting you in some way, shape, or form, being like release us, but then it's like, okay, this is what I get to look forward to. Like this is my, <laughs> this is my inheritance. Um, so I mean, I, I just I I think this would be a very very good setting for a slow burn, like like may I I would even I would even suggest this would be a really good setting for like a one on one campaign, like a DM and a player. Like that's I can it. see that, yeah. yeah, and maybe like have a like a sidekick rules in there, so you're yeah. not completely alone. Yeah, because yeah. because this this not not all, not because like this is like ooh scary ah and like you know like yeah. there's there's strength in numbers kind of a thing, but because um, but because there's a lot of personal stuff that's going on. Like the ghosts are going to try to contact you personally, and you know they're going to want they're or uh, either that or they're going to haunt you in some way, shape, or form in like a more personal manner. So there's a there's a lot more there's a lot there's a lot more like um. Well, like, like, that's weird. I don't want to use the word intimate, but there, there's a lot more like close closeness in terms of quality with the interactions going on here. Yeah. Um, especially, especially when you're like rolling ghosts on the table. All right. So enough of that crap. <laughs> enough of the ethereal <laughs> shit. Let's talk about the actual um, like goings on. Yeah, uh. of Morden. So the dark. I love, I love the story of the Dark Lord because it's just essentially towards the end. It's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Well, the Dark Lord is is um, going against the uh, message of the last episode. The, the Dark Lord here is just a fucking dick. Yep. <laughs> he is described as being uh, abusive and constantly angry, and and but his. I thought I thought his dad was abusive. Was he abusive today? Or did I misread that? No, he is abusive. Yeah, I mean, he ended up killing his family. So. Yeah, he ended up killing his wife and his daughter. Just I don't know because the wife turned off the baseball game or some bullshit like that. <laughs> like, 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 like he's described as being fin- uh, physically and mentally abusive. And so you have like a wife beater and like jean shorts. Yeah, but 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 he but he's a lord, so it's like a silk wife beater. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so he murdered his his um wife and daughter in a fit of rage and and because of that he was tormented by their spirits justifiably so and then he tried to get an adventurer to help him out with the with with getting rid of the spirits and then the adventurer died and now that adventurer's spirit <laughs> torments him justifiably yeah. so. <laughs> so, so. So that's what I love about his, his that's my favorite part of his story. It's just being perpetually uh tormented. Yeah. Oh no, he also no, he did murder his father too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because his father was abusive. Yeah. So it was like a never endless endless uh endly, a never ending cycle. Yeah. So okay, so the so the proper timeline of events is that 
he killed he killed his his father and then killed his wife and uh, child, and then he was being harassed so much by the spirits he killed himself. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then and then tried to possess an adventurer to put an end to this eternal torment. No, and, no, 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 wait, because he killed himself thinking he was going to escape, and yeah. it just so happened that. His 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 wife and kid were there to torment him, yeah. and then his dad showed up to torment him too. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck that!" And then and then and then he tries to possess an adventurer, and then the adventurer dies, and now the yeah. adventurer is tormenting him. And this is, I, I mean, this is just like something out of like an Adult Swim cartoon. <laughs> so so now there's like four ghosts like howling at him like monkeys the entire time. So then so then he. He um is like influencing a um is it a is it an artificer? It's alchemist. Okay, yeah, it, 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 it states as alchemist. It's an it, artifact. What the alchemist makes. Okay, yeah. Um, and to create an item called the apparatus. And oh, what, apparatus. Yeah, and what and what that's supposed to do is that it's supposed on paper, it's supposed to send all of the souls to the afterlife. And the alchemist turns on the apparatus and it kills everybody in town. And now the entire town is tormenting. What's his name? Wilfred Godafroy? Yeah, Wilfred Godafroy. So now the entire town is on this dude's back. The entire time. And I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, he deserves it. Yep. Um, Fuck fuck this guy. There's no. I went at this, this. This. I, if if there is an adventurer, I mean, if there is an adventurer here, if you hey, want- thank you for the follow, RB farts, RB farts. Okay, um, that's that's where the meat is. <laughs> that's an awesome name. They have the meats apparently. Anyways, um, but but if there is an adventurer here, if you want to run it straight and like you know like straight and narrow, just like a normal, I guess kind of run in the middle adventure, just 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 kill the fucker. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right, right. Just, just well, have- you have to ex- you have to. What? Are, well, I will make it a little bit more interesting. And you have to find a way to exercise them. Mm-hmm. You know, not just like oh, fight the ghosts, because at a certain level, ghosts are just like you just need a vacuum and clean them up. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. So what you so what you would probably have to do is that you would probably have to. Recreate the apparatus and have it working this time. Well, isn't the apparatus somewhere in the town? The apparatus is... It, last I checked, the apparatus is somewhere in the town, but also it's it's gone missing. And But but Godfroy is trying to remake it, and he can't get it right. Like, right. It, it, it's just not functioning. Like, it's not, it's not even doing what it, what it didn't do right. It's just... It's just like a hunk of junk now. Yeah, so like his servants uh, spend their whole like centuries adducting magical geniuses to make it. Mm-hmm. So that could be a way that you can bring your your adventurers into the story. Yeah, I mean, just have just if 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 you're if <laughs> just be like, hey, we're gonna run an adventure. What classes are you gonna be? And someone's like, oh, I want to be a wizard. And someone's like, I want to be an artificer. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why are you so happy? <laughs> no. What? No particular well, you agreed to that so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, did I just lose a fucking? Wow, one of my coasters just like flew off the table. Ghost, wow. a ghost. Ah! <laughs> Anyways, it is a, it is a day after Halloween. Ah! <laughs> the spookiest day after Halloween. <laughs> you have the the too many candy belly hurts. Uh, <laughs> but really, the all. 
it, it's funny because it lists his torments as like all the stuff that we described before, but the only real actual torment, like the only supernatural supernatural torment, is that the apparatus does not work. Everything else right. is just him facing the consequences of, his, of his actions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest, is which is why I love it. I- the rest is it's not like the dark power be like ha 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 like jabbing him. It's like no, you're an asshole. This is what you get. <laughs> this is this is your fault. You yeah. did this to yourself. Yeah, you 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 threw this town into the proverbial abyss, and you're in and like, and now you think it's your torment because oh man, they're all mad at me. <laughs> what I like about this adventure is that it's one of the ones that had the, those tables in the back. Andrew, yeah. do you want to roll some dice? Let's roll some. Dice. Hunting Mordant. Okay. Crafting an adventure around hunting is similar to building any other adventures. Ghost stories. All right. Let me know when you have a dice. I got a dice. All right. So the first thing is we have to find the ghost history. History. Right? The history. All right. Let's so do this. So give me a D6 for favor. I got a foe. A foe? You draw a lot of fours and twos. I know. The ghost died a generation ago. <clears throat> Folks remember rumors or stories told about the person's life. So that's a history of the ghost. Now, what's the tragic element? Okay, the tragic element. Is that another D6? Oh, no, that's D10. Uh, D10. Uh, that, no, that's a D12. Nobody uses a fucking D12. <laughs> roll it. Roll a D12. <laughs> <laughs> right, six. Uh, see, a six. The ghost refuses to acknowledge any living heirs as family members and tries to prevent these heirs from inheriting what is rightly theirs. Ooh. What? Right. <laughs> Wait, how is that? Well, it's tragic for the family, I guess. Right, right, right. Not for the ghost. Okay. Uh, romance. Apparently there's romance in this. Well, the I... Okay. <clears throat> One. One. The ghost hopes to be reunited with another's ghost... Spirit... What? With another ghost, the spirit of someone they loved in life. Ah, uh, how romantic. Oh, okay, okay. So immediately what that can do to me is that can tell me, like, hey, yeah, you're the son of Baron blah, 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 but, like, are you actually? Right. <laughs> like, like, you could just right. be, like, the bastard child of something, and really your your estate belongs to this fucking shepherd's boy <laughs> and 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 your great your great great granddad wants to reunite with like i don't know the the, the long lost love yeah 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 that just like grew up in a cottage but he couldn't because oh i'm i'm rich and you're poor and our parents will i don't know throw themselves off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> they'll just stop and be like you know that's not such a bad idea let's do it yeah but and then they get their own, and then they get their own domain of dread. Yeah. Okay. So I, so I kind of understand what you're, what you're saying because, sadly enough, that's kind of all there is to Mordent. It's a very, yeah. it's a very small like area in terms yeah. of like what, not, not potential, but it's a very small like in terms of just material to work with. Yeah. Um, but I do like how I do like how the the last segment is where it kind of explains if you were to have an adventure there what the flow of said adventure would be and yeah. a lot of it is it's a mystery you, you have right. to figure out like hey why is this first of all is this ghost that's haunting me is it hostile or is it actually right. trying to help me and because it's a ghost you could play that either way you can have yeah. it like explode a mirror but oh no the mirror actually showed there's like a secret like door or something behind it or it just tried to kill you with an exploding mirror right you know right um 
I, I just, I think I agree with what you said earlier. This is a very short, small, personal adventure. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not going to be a party of four, five, or six. It's going to be two at most. I would, I would run it for a two, maybe three people if they yeah. all know, hey, this is going to be stories. We're right. not, we're not going to be burning a lot of spells and torching goblins and stuff like that. Like we're going to be trying to figure out like what tragic outcome happened to this family and why right. they're, you know, why why they're like despots now or something like that. So, yeah, this Mordent is a very, very strange domain of dread when it comes yeah because because i read ghost story under like the horror type and i was like oh okay and i got a completely different thing from it is this is this the only horror uh ghost stories that's in the book i think so right uh out of the main domains of dread like the big domains of dread i think so there's a lot of smaller domains of dread after the the major it could be yeah it could be that they were just kind of like Oh, we haven't touched on ghost stories. Let's just make something real quick. Yeah. I mean, but it also could be that, like, they wanted to do something different with a ghost story. Because, like, a ghost story, then you say ghost story and it's like, ooh, spooky. But it's like, yeah. it's like I read this and I got, like, a really sad vibe. Like, not, like, not, like, pathetic. But, like, oh, this, this has a lot of potential to make a sad story. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think, I think this is, while... While like Ecath is like tragic on a huge scale, Mordent is tragic on a much minor scale. Like to the point yeah. that like I, I would even be hesitant to have the Dark Lord present in a in right. an adventure in Mordent because like he's just kind of the reason why everything's there. He's not like a villain and like like you know like ruining things for everybody else. All he all he wants to do is just build this machine so he can die properly. Right. Uh, like but everything else is kind of like the consequences of his actions. So right. I don't know. It, it's, it's weird how that that's just personally how I would run an adventure. Yeah, no, I can, it, I mean, honestly, it lends itself to be that. Yeah. Uh, there's really turning this into an epic. I think it will, it will, it will uh, subtract the charm that it has that, that, you know, learning the mysteries and the sad stories behind the ghost, what makes the ghost linger around. Yeah. And yeah, it's an, it's the consequences of an asshole dark Lord, but still, yeah, I think I, I think if you want a really good example of what I think an adventure would be like, look up the um, the movie Ghost Story. Um, it's a twenty four film and it's very quiet. It's very slow. Uh, it's good, but it's very quiet and very slow. And I think that's exactly what a, like what what an adventure like that would be here, where it's just like no ambient music or anything like that. Right. So that way, so that way the sound of like the ghost scratching out a message on the window can be even more like, Oh God, (laughs) you know, but you know, and then, and then the trail leads it to, Oh no, someone bashed this poor girl's head and she never received a proper burial. And that's why she's haunting me or something like that. So, you know, which again, and I hate to say this because I keep saying all the time, but the Witcher three Uh. has a lot of side quests like that. that are very somber, very mellow, uh, melancholy, and like it gets you, man. You're like, <laughs> I would actually like, say this would be a good, good list of material to pull from if you want to make a compelling ghost story side quest. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Instead oh, of oh yeah, that's a good idea. Instead of having to throw your adventurers into a domain or drive where there's an impenetrable wall of fog, just cannibalize this stuff and make yeah. a, make a ghost story. Like that's yeah. you know. So Andrew, uh, so you need to play the Red Baron. I know. 
I know, I know, okay? I know, I'm sorry. Do, do you realize how many games I have backlogged right now? Okay? <laughs> I do, because I need to. I can only replay Sekiro so many times before Stop I... Stop replaying the same game since the guy I who's played The Witcher hear, like 30 times. I don't want to hear you saying, oh, why are you replaying games? <laughs> I get it, I get it. All right, Andrew, moving on. To the next domain. Rishmulot. 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 It sounds. It, it, it sounds. Camelot. It's no. It's Rishmulot. <laughs> it sounds very. Um, <laughs> what's the word? There, there's a lot of French sounding names here, so I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's there is. Rishmulot. So. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's Do get, it. Let's get down with the sickness. You'll. 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 That. That oh, joke will. Ah! That joke will make itself known later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go. Yeah. Like a pendulum, Rishmulot swings perpetually between hope and despair. Some days the sun rises over Port. Oh, sorry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Some. Let me try that one again. Some days the sun rises over Ponta Musso as if it were an ordinary city, and not one in which many of its buildings stand empty and abandoned. On those days, people move freely through the open gates, and the silent, heavily armored guard of the Cask Silencio watch over calm promenades and markets. But a day or a week or a month later, the first telltale cough cracks amidst the crowd. <coughs> As people evacuate the streets to lock their doors, rats crawl from the sewers in tremendous numbers. Shortly thereafter, the gates slam shut. No doctors come, and no information arrives. The populace is left to die. Ooh. So I'm getting, I'm getting like Black Plague vibes. Oh yeah. Okay. So, Hardcore. So remember, like a couple months back where I'm like, I want to have an adventure with, with that, that concerns the plague. <laughs> and I read this, I'm like, well, somebody, somebody, <laughs> somebody heard me. me. <laughs> yeah, somebody out there heard me. <laughs> somebody, somebody must have hacked into the, uh, like the Dunkin' Donuts drive through that I was going to at that moment that I texted yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, oh shit. It was, it was, it was Chris Perkin like, at the moment <laughs> of like putting this together. It just happens to eardrops your, your conversation. He was doing like a weird, on a business this trip in Florida. Yeah, he was doing like a weird undercover boss where he was like the barista. <laughs> <laughs> Following around D&D players through mm-hmm. the land. <laughs> hey man, you gotta uh, get out in the field get those good ideas Yeah, going. exactly. Dude, okay, so out of, I know I said that I wasn't really too impressed with this one, but the backstory on this one I think is one of my favorites. This is, this is a really good setting if you play it right. You have to make yeah. people, again... This is probably going to be a very good low-level setting, only because you want that vulnerability from your yeah. adventurers. You want you want it to have it to be where like the the um, the Constitution save, even though the Constitution save is pretty generous of itself. You still want to be like, oh well, uh, crap! I shouldn't have picked a sorcerer that has no mm-hmm. Constitution. So, ugh, I hope I make that DC whatever Constitution save it was to pass the plague. Um, right. So, Rishimalot is an area that is constantly besieged by plague, um, and it comes and goes like the tide. There will yep. be there will be times where it's normal and it's nice, and then just when like your defenses come down, boom, the plague sweeps by and everybody gets it. Um, yep. Or not everybody gets it, but 
but when it happens like everybody like just goes inside and they just shut their doors and it's just it's such a not not, not normal occurrence but it's such a regular occurrence that these people just like okay i know exactly what to do yeah and they just run inside and stay it's like florida with a tornado i mean with a hurricane yeah exactly and then and then they panic and they buy all the fucking water um <laughs> <laughs> when it's just like a category two like come on man really yeah um, get, get your shit together come on yeah jesus um but what's interesting is that there are three cities along the uh, along the river. Um, what's the what's the name of the river? The river's name. Oh, it, it was right here. The the Musard River. There are three um, towns, uh, maybe even cities, along the Musard River. Uh, Ponte Musso is the biggest one, but it's the least populated, and. Right. And Mortney um, is the smallest one, but the most populated. <laughs> it, it actually describes how. Uh, actually, I'm hoping I'm getting that right. Yes, yeah. Mortney is is the one. It's it's the smallest, but people are like bursting at the seams when it comes to building space because because it describes how everything is built upwards because they stopped building out because they can't because they don't want to go past the the city walls. Whereas Pont de Mousseau is just full of abandoned buildings for whatever right. reason, um, and and if and if you were to go into one of these uh, cities while there's a plague happening, po- uh, Pont de Mousseau they don't care, they just shut the gates and then okay if you die you die, but Morton is like okay you can come in if there's a plague happening you can come in but you can't leave and that's p- pretty much why there's so many people still there. Uh, St. Ronge's is like, I guess kind of like in the middle <laughs> where it's just like, it's just kind of there. Um, but, but what, what makes this place really interesting is that the, there is something else going on in this, in this area. And it's, and the, the dark Lord of this is not, is not really so much a tragic, um, a tragic victim of of the land but really is more of the reason why this land yeah. is what it is and and she is a very active villain of what's going <clears throat> yep. on in Rishum a lot um i mean even as soon as they start like talking about her life before everything like i already hated her I'm like fuck this bitch there was there was one line in particular i'm like really yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, so the the Dark Lord of of Rishimalot is a is a lady by the name of Jacqueline Rainier, Rainier, mm-hmm. Rainier, um, and she was and she was born into um, she was born into nobility, but um, Pont de Musso and all the other towns were were becoming more and more uh, rich. Like there's a lot, there's a lot more money going into the towns. And because of that, the lower class was becoming the middle class and the middle class right. was becoming, well, the fact that there was even a middle class, right. um, was a threat to her and her status. Only, only in a fantasy world. Am I right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only in a fantasy world where, where the middle class can exist. Uh, <laughs> and so well, actually, hold on. I want, I want to get the actual line where I'm like, Oh fuck this lady. <laughs> hold on. The burgeoning middle class Sapter's family authorities, transforming them from lords over the commoners into mere landlords. Mere landlords. (laughs) Holy mere landlords. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but but okay, so so she was like, no, we can't do this. We have to we have to keep the the lower class oppressed because right. we're gonna we're gonna lose our power over them and then we're just gonna have to charge ridiculous rent and never <laughs> fix any of their stuff <laughs> you know we can only put the boot so much less on right. their neck right. than we can already and and her family surprisingly enough her family took a very progressive view on it it's just like hey that's just how the times work and we just need right. to go with it um she was pro- not about that Probably, probably more more to like evade the guillotine <laughs> than, to, like, <laughs> than to like worry about like the the common folk. And she's like, "No, fuck this. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm I'm gonna make healthcare really expensive. I'm gonna find a way to, <laughs> to oppress the lower class. Insurance <laughs> um, <laughs> is a scam. Anyways, um, and so and so she she kind of like rejected her family and and particularly her sister Louise uh she even says uh she went as far as defig- disfiguring her sister yeah over some squabble and then and then she heard that there was like a cons- uh, not a conspiracy I, yeah i guess i guess like a clandestine like uh right like, like an illuminati type thing exactly happening in the sewers of uh of i don't know if it's i don't know if it's Ponte Musso or just or just in Rochelle in general and she goes down there, and she, you know, and she finds the secret chamber where this conspiracy for the greater good, for the greater good, where this cabal is happening. And she finds out it's a bunch of like commoners and stuff like that. Yeah. She's like, oh, uh, oh, gross peasants. And then, yeah, that's and then, act, that was, that's that's pretty close how the book describes it. Too. I mean, yeah, she's. I think I think it describes her as being disgusted with the fact <laughs> that it was peasants. Um, <laughs> and so, and 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 that's when they're like, wait, wait, wait. You want to see a magic trick, and then they all, re- <laughs> <laughs> and then they all reveal that they're in fact were rats, and yeah. and and so she's like, oh, okay, that's where the secret of power is. It's not right. in monetary status; it's in like becoming a lycanthrope. So so she willingly becomes a were rat, and then with this with this like group, she helps create a plague that is that is uh, immune to rats. And, like rats aren't affected by it, so where rats, large rats, clusters of rats, or whatever, swarm of rats, my bad. They don't get affected by it, but the common folk, it just wipes them out. And it even describes how how they release this plague, and it is like not even decimating, because decimating actually means only one tenth of the population is dying. Yeah. It is this is an apocalypse event. Like people are dying in droves. It describes how there's like corpses lining the streets and whatnot. And how someone begs her for mercy. And she's like, nah. And and when she makes that decision that like I'm not gonna grant anybody mercy, that's when the mists roll in. And 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 uh the towns that she once ruled over, well they're they're still there but now they're constantly besieged by plague the thing about it is i'm not entirely sure how much of this is like the dark powers like okay let's give her this one (laughs) because she's not even really being tormented like oh she she's actually taking an active role in tormenting the people like she she is very much a uh, uh uh active villain in this setting i mean well isn't it her thing that she she doesn't want to rule. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, obligated to it because it's like one of those things that she didn't know. She didn't oh, want to touch Oh, oh no. I feel obligated to this position. What torment. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you know, there's that. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, really, that and the only other, the only other um, thing is that she misses the finer decadence of Rishimalot right. before it fell to the plague, and that she's constantly worried that the people are going to overthrow her once the plague settles down, which they fucking should. Um, <laughs> so, so it's really like this is this is straight up like like good versus bad like once yeah. the, once the adventurers come in here it's the adventure is probably going to be okay where do we find this lady and how do we separate her head from her shoulders again <laughs> though i know that there's like the plague and then there's other were rats but she's just a were rat yeah that's what i'm saying like i don't know like i don't know if i'm just like my brain is too like oh i want to hit things thing well but, like see, here's the thing she doesn't she never reveals that she's a were rat She's always in her human form, unless absolutely pushed to. She never reveals her, that she's a were rat. And if we're running, if we're running a kind of lower adventure, and yeah. like a were anything is like pretty much not not invincible, but very hardy. Yeah, because because especially if there's not like magical weapons or attacks. Because yeah. because at at best, if you're doing like a like a level one through three kind of adventure, at best you're probably going to have one maybe two people doing magic attacks. Yeah. You know, and, and and that's if we're, well, and that's usually uh, like, well, I don't know, if four, I knew, everybody could do fucking magic, <laughs> right? But that's, but even that is usually like, oh, like five good or like two good spells casting moments, and then like, the rest is just cantrips. Yeah. So and and so if if we're going, <laughs> why did I choose light the cantrip light three times? <laughs> <laughs> because I need to see more. <laughs> that's um, not how it works. I can't sleep. I can't slide three times. <laughs> you are now blind. All right, make a constitution save. I don't know why you keep doing this to yourself. <laughs> but, but I mean, if we're gonna go with like the, the like quote unquote standard array of uh, of adventures where you have a fighter, a rogue, a cleric, and a wizard, two out of those four are the only ones that are gonna be to do any actual lasting damage. Right. The rest are just gonna like. Like, you know, the sword hits her across the jaw and nothing happens. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, think, I think, I think in this specific adventure for me, I think what, honestly, like, what's more worth to me is the actual cycle of the plague. Mm hmm. I think you can, you can pull that out and put it anywhere and it'll be pretty epic. Well, I mean, okay, hold on. Because, because I, it, it, it kind of sounds like it's just like you're walking in the street and you see. Jacqueline Rainier. That's not how this is going to happen. No, she, no, no. She never. She almost never leaves the sanctity of her own home. Um, it actually uses the term uh, that her home is sacrosanct, which means that it's it's too highly regarded to even be messed with. So mm. nobody goes into her house. So you're probably going to have to deal with her goons, which are which the the Cask Salinsu are her elite guard, which aren't even people oh yeah <laughs> it's i mean I, I i think that's pretty cool though that would be a that would be an excellent uh reveal if you're gonna have like a small adventure where it's like 10 sessions or something like that yeah have one of have like one of the cask silensu seem to be like one of like the bad guys we're like this guy keeps following us and he's like beating the crap out of us and it's like finally we beat him and the armor falls and a swarm of rats pours yeah. out of the armor <laughs> oh jesus oh my god and then all right and we'll meet up next week <laughs> <laughs> what happened but i mean yeah, this is a land that is lousy with rats and rat adjacent creatures. And guess yeah. what? If one of those even 
thinks about biting you, you've you've contracted the plague. Which yeah. it goes so far as to saying that like while you're while while you have the plague, your teeth chatter. <laughs> and, yeah. And it makes it it makes it like sound it makes it makes you look and sound like a rat that's like gnawing on something. And it it it's funny because it says the um, it takes one d two days for for the plague to manifest. I'm like, just flip a coin. Why yeah. the hell are we doing math? <laughs> You're just making it one d four. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, what's what's really what's really severe about the plague is that it's it's a it's a fairly low DC. I'm not gonna say the number, but it's a fairly low DC. But if you fail it, you gain a level of exhaustion. Um, yeah. Which okay, whatever. But then. If you fail it again, you keep accruing exhaustion. But in order for you to cure it, you have to go through a long rest and then pass the constitution save. And then you you have to make the constitution save to where there are no more exhaustion levels anymore. So if Damn. you still have a, any level of exhaustion, you do not get the benefits of a long rest. You are still going to um, be sick. And you're going to yeah. be... So, so if you had a particularly rough fight and you have the plague... Oh, uh, it's called the gnawing plague, by the way. And, and you have the gnawing plague, and you're like, okay, I just hope I make it. And you make that DC 10 save. Well, congrats, you've you've managed to fight off the plague, but you didn't heal your wounds. You were too busy shivering and dealing with fevers and sweating it right. out. So, oh well. <laughs> now the only thing I wish is that there was like a random table for like, oh no, the plague just comes back. It's always there. <laughs> It never really goes away. I mean, it really doesn't because the Black Plague was a bacteria. It wasn't like yeah. a virus. So it's right. like, hey, you have it, and it's back. <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> you uh, want to talk about the cycles of the plague? Yeah, I was about to say, do you want to roll some dice on these tables? Cause I, I I'll know. roll dice. Okay. You never, I, never, I never get to roll dice. Hold on. All right. So it's Make my dice. Hold on. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Well, while, while you're, okay, I'm just going to. Oh, and he walked away. Okay, so what this is all about is that it's talking about the cycles of the plague. And this is when everything is nice and calm and relaxed. The the very there is no stage. We're at stage zero right now. So right. that that's that's just when everything's normal. But then once somebody like coughs or sneezes, then we're at stage one threat. And that's when things start to get bad. Do, but, do these do these do this hit too close to home right now? I mean, right now, yeah, but it's also, but that's also kind of the reason why I wanted to have a plague campaign because it's like, come on, let's have let's have fun with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's hundreds of thousands of people dying, but whatever. I think I think, I think what what would have been really bad is if there was is if there was like a random encounter where it's like someone someone like doesn't believe in washing their hands or something. <laughs> It's like, you can't prove it. The fucking lamestream media tells you it's not good fucking. <laughs> Anyways. So then at stage two, that's when that's when the outbreak starts. And this is when right. this is when the plague becomes an active not not like not an, an imminent or immediate threat, but that's when it becomes noticeable. That's when that's when people are starting to become sicker. Um Alright, so it's we got a table here. Roll me a D six. Look at this new orangey ones from the Witchlight. Ooh, ooh, the sparkle. Six. 
Oh, you got a six. Yeah, I got a six. I thought you were just calling out the, like, yes, I do need a D6. Thank you. <laughs> okay. A cut purse tries to pick the character's pockets. If the character tries to physically stop the criminal, they must succeed a DC <clears throat> constitution saving throw or contract the gnawing plague. All right. I want to roll. All right. Roll me a D20. And let's say, let, let, let's give you a plus one to your constitution. They got a four with a plus one. <laughs> Guess what, buddy? You're sick. <laughs> <coughs> you, like instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Just like boobo start popping up. <laughs> oh, God, what happened? <laughs> It's just like somebody pickpocket me. How does that make sense? <laughs> it's just like, well, I mean, it, no, it says if you physically stop it. So he's like, hey, oh, catch right, right, that. Right, right. And, like, and then you fight him. Like, maybe you slash up and a bit of blood gets in your mouth. Like, oh, oh God. It's oh. not worth the three silver. You only had three silver in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so that's, that's when it, this is, this is the stage when, like, um, People are still wary, but businesses are still open. Right. So then stage three is illness. And that's when that's when uh, the gates close. That's when businesses start to close. And this is when the cast Silencio makes their presence much more known as they're ushering people off the streets. All right. So give me another D6. Six. Another six. Okay. Yeah. A young, well-heeled couple cavorts openly, oblivious to the quarantine. These were rats don't reveal their true nature unless they must, and then only blend in the, and then, and then only to blend in with the swarm of rats. Oh, oh! So okay. there's a bunch of rats just making out. Well, no, there's, well, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of rats that are just like, <laughs> like what's the word, dude, PDA, and they're, yeah. just, and they're just like, ruin you too. Yeah, and they're just like, clanking <laughs> <laughs> their teeth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, but. Okay, actually, roll me another one because that one that that one didn't seem that ominous. Yeah, right. Oh, Four. Okay, several mangy giant rats attack. Anyone bitten by a giant rat must succeed a DC blank Constitution saving throw. All right. You say I have a plus one? Oh, yeah. 16, so I made it. Oh, okay, good. You made it this time. The cut purse. <laughs> for some reason, the cut purse got to you, but the <laughs> giant rats did. They did it. <laughs> so so this so this is when this is when the plague is much more active. I can tell you this right now, the DC for for contracting the plague is much higher to pass yeah. than it is than it was before. So this This is when you're gonna start see start seeing a lot more rats because in, in the second stage, there was only one encounter that had a rat in it. And this one, over half of the encounters have rats. Yeah. That, that are Do they go away rat. if you have a torch and you're guiding a little kid? No. In fact, they are attracted to the torch. <laughs> and they love kids. <laughs> oh, God, it's a total opposite of what I wanted. And, and the kid's like, ooh, a puppy. You're like, no! <laughs> what do dogs look like where you come from? <laughs> All right. All right, so now we're in stage four, pestilence. pestilence. This is when everything has gone completely off the rails. There are people dead in the streets. The uh, they're, they're, the cask Silencio has done martial law, and people are, like, killing each other to, to get the last remnants of, uh, like, supplies. All right, All right, give me another D6. Four. All right. What the fuck? We only rolled fours and sixes and twos. The character spots several rats in the alley using trash to enact a miniature courtroom drama. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
If a character interrupts or is critical of the rat's play, the rat becomes a swarm of rats and attacks. Okay, that's just cute. <laughs> I think you got the best. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I think I, I think I think you got the best one. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh fuck. All right. <laughs> I win the game. <laughs> oh man. Whew. So yes, I feel. Feel it. Again, this is. I think. I like the backstory of this Dark Lord a lot better than the previous one. But yeah, I feel the previous one has more room to actually tell a compelling story, while the one with the plague feels to me like a more hectic. Uh, fun-filled adventure, especially with stuff like that courtroom thing, uh, and sh- shenanigans like that. But I mean, that's just me. I I, I don't know. I'm that's so far out of the book. These are probably like my least favorite. Really? As of now, yeah. I mean, out of out of the entire book, this is your least favorite. Oh no no, not this one specifically. Just in general, these four. Oh okay okay. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe the next one will change your mind. Because the next one right. is like, next one is like, oh god, things have turned a turn, or, or things have taken a turn for the worse. All right, so Tempest. All is well in Tempest. Fields shine with the golden hues of a bountiful harvest, and horned children, horned village children, happily recite sing-song rhymes. But those who linger among this land's pastures and colorful cottages can't escape the feeling of being watched, or the impressions of the idyllic fields have a distinctly somber cast. The locals dismay such worries as the tricking of as the tricks of scheming Fay, but their smile fails to mask the desperation in their eyes. Alright, so Tempest is a land of forest and mountains and and fey creatures, and there's really only one town in Tempest, and that's the town of uh Victal. Um everything else I mean there is there is also the gated village of Kelly. Um but everything else is very this is very much a um like a Grimm's fairy tale kind of setting. Yes. I'm um, getting I'm getting like hardcore Witcher Three vibes from just reading this whole thing. Yeah. And that's why you need to play the Witcher Three, Andrew, damn it. I, God, I know, I know, I get it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from that. <laughs> but this is whereas whereas there were there were some settings where like the Dark Lord of the Domain, like I think we should make him immediately um like known, uh, like e- even even like Rashemalot, you could be like, oh, this is all like Rainier's doing, but but then like the adventure would be like getting to Rainier. Here, right. I would not I would not reveal who the Dark Lord is until like the last like the last act of whatever adventure you're doing, only right. only because this has so much good potential to be a actual horror story. And that that you just you want you want to leave the uh, the players guessing all the time yeah. as to what's going on. Um, so so in in the town of Victal, there is there is festivals that happen every equinox and solstices, where people will dress up in flowery dresses, and it says something of like dresses made of like moth wings, which is oddly specific, and I don't know how well that works for. Structural integrity. And I actually imagine that they're very stinky. Yeah, or you know, or they're only good for like half an hour. Um. Anyways, <laughs> but um, but they also host these festivals, and 
and in these festivals there are games and out of these games there can only be one winner and and so you you will you will do these games and they're not like carnival games they're not like you know like knock over like uh like a milk bottle or something like that it's right it's stuff that's like um uh what's it like participants uh use stilt straps of their arms and legs to topple one another and uh and there's one where like a dozen players with a rope tied around them try to stop someone from getting past them stealing a pear from a bowl it's like very like weird small village games and so that person uh whoever becomes the winner gets what's called mother's blessing right. and the village leads them out into the forest into the fields and like oh okay we're, we're you're here to receive mother's blessing and then they get torn apart by <laughs> something out in the field <laughs> now i just for anyone that has read the book i literally just read the first part of this chapter or the first part of the segment and then the last part of the segment because the actual meat and potatoes of this is like the spoiler for all for right. this entire um area so do you, you do you want to get into that or yeah we'd be spoiling okay. everything all right so so the dark lord of this area is a is a is is a being called mother lorinda um, yes. Now, what's funny is that those two names are actually her two titles. She's either called Lorinda by people who know who she really is, or Mother by everybody else in the village. Right. And and so, what she actually is is that she's a she's a magical being. Uh, she's a she's a hag that has pulled the wool over these people's eyes, and and they think and. They think that she is like some matronly deity that brings about like harvests and stuff like that. Correct. When really, she, she is kind of tormenting these people, but she's also trying to uh, reincarnate her child, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, a girl by well, the. Well, isn't. It's not reincarnating, it's just making one. Make, yeah. Make, remake. Right. Um, uh, a, a a girl, quote unquote, by the name of Lursha. I think that's how you pronounce it because it's spelled a lot like Sersha, um, but it begins with an L. And I looked up how to pronounce it, and everyone's like, "You mean Sersha?" I'm like, "Okay, yeah." So it's my, so it has to be Lursha. Um, so Mother Lorinda used to belong to a coven of hags. No, 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 no. Actually, actually, she used to be just a normal person, and she, oh, yeah. and I believe she was adopted into a family. And the and the father and brothers of the family were uh, like abusive towards her and uh, gave her and her sisters um, a pretty hellish childhood. Um, so so <laughs> so in return, they uh, they took their they took their torments out on other people. They began to prey on travelers that would go by their village and stuff. And it was only it was only when they when they openly argued over who gets to like kill this one person that that the family realized oh these are a triad of murderers yeah and that's when they set out to murder their family. Now here's the thing: when they murdered the family, that's what that's what brought them to Tepest and sunk them into the Shadowfell. But it gets worse. <laughs> so. So Lorinda and her other two sisters. Let's see if I can even pull up their names. Hold on, Levita and uh, Letitia. Levita and Letitia. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so they became um, by the powers of by the dark powers, they became uh, hags, and they and with it, they grew knowledge and magic, and it actually describes the same foul magics. They they grew knowledgeable and foul magics, and and Lorinda wanted to have a child, just something to like kind of pass the. like like to inherit their knowledge and Levita and Letitia did not want that they 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 coveted this knowledge for themselves and so Lorinda uh tricked the other two it doesn't describe how but just it it says trick the other two into going into a cauldron yeah okay um well, it, yeah doesn't she use them to power her her house yeah and 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 so because of that she uses Levita and Letitia to um to power her house called the gurgle which is a hold on it actually has a really cool description which is a a structure of thorns wicker and giant bones appear appearing as a misshapen tower-like nest balance on three skeletal dragon legs dang yeah so if you is that like a thing with hags that they just do that kind of stuff in their houses it it takes it takes it takes after the baba yaga Myth mm. with like with like the walking house on chicken right, legs. Right, right. So yeah, um, it's a pretty common trope. Um, and so and and so because of this, she she tried to create a a child out of meat and wicker, and she succeeded for a little bit. And it and the child only survived for a couple of weeks. And so now she uses the the people of Tepes to kind of fuel her I guess to kind of like fuel her resources to, to to create Lorinda which is the name of her daughter right. over and over again um, and and but the thing is that she can create she can create kids for other people for other people but not for her she, that's one of the, her torments she right? can create hexblood children which hexblood is a race that's exclusive right. to Van Richten's um but and she can grant and 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 the thing is uh hexblood children are the only children that are born and they are only born by by her decree so so there will be there will be parents that will that will beg uh mother that's what they just they just call her mother or variants of they will beg mother to um to to grant them a child and when they do it comes out like a hexblood um right but she she herself cannot create a child. The most she can do is that she can she can recreate Lorinda and Lorinda can live for a couple of weeks at at most. Um, and if somebody else dies, she can sacrifice that person for Lorinda and it, it says at best it can it can extend her life for another couple of weeks. But other than that, she is doomed to constantly want to constantly deal with like an emptiness syndrome and always trying to fill it and always not failing but not quite getting it right and yeah. she and she has to go through the motions again and again and again to to create this child um what i think is really fascinating is <laughs> is it, it 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 describes how it describes how there is like a day and night cycle in tempest how like during the day everything is nice and normal and beautiful and idyllic. It even describes how like the mountains, like the like, it says it describes as like fat woodland creatures, um, live in like the forest near the mountains. But then at night, creatures of meat and wicker and mud, um, rise out from the dirt, and it's essentially like wicker zombies 
just right. rise out and the and and the the once beautiful woodlands is no more it's it's just a wait well i mean it's not a wasteland but like but like the trees become a much more daunting it becomes the, the the black forest type yeah thing. yeah yeah and it, it i mean in it I, I wasn't kidding when i said it is just midsummer with fairies yeah if you ever yeah. have a player that's like oh fays aren't that aren't that bad Run, run this adventure for them, kill their character, and then never invite them back to the table, um, <laughs> because because this this right here is a good, is a really good jumping off point for if you want to make a fey adventure where where like fey creatures can be terrifying, like they'll they'll just whisk your child away for no apparent reason, or they'll just things will happen. Um, yep. And I think I think what's what's really fascinating, or not fascinating, I, I think I think probably the most awesome aspect of this area is that after the celebrations, um, the the blessing is actually Lorinda being reincarnated as one of several forms. So, so do you want do you got a D six, Andy, or do you want me to roll uh, a D six? You can roll it. Okay, I'm gonna roll a D six, and we'll see we'll see how Lorinda comes back. Lorinda. Okay, she comes back as in the form of a giant upright walking ram. <laughs> oh, that's a picture that's on the book. No, actually, the picture that's in the book is I. I want to say that's the bipedal wolf elk. Oh, yeah. Which that's terrifying. Yeah, that that one is. Which the the thing I really like is that how all of this, all of these um, creatures. It says use the statistics of whatever creature next yeah, to it. Yeah. So it so it's immediately like, what's it? The the bipedal wolf elk. It says use the statistics of the loop guru, which is a creature that's exclusive to Van Richten's at the moment. So it's immediately just like, hey, here's this really cool monster b- block, and we're reflavoring it right out the gate. So you yeah. just kind of create, you know, just sort Dude, of have it in if, any adventure. If you roll a six, it's a giant shrieking bipedal sheep. That that uses the statistics. Statistics of a Garistro. What's a Garistro? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna Google it. I want to say it's a daemon. It's a critical role thing. Powerful demons from the abyss. Oh, you guys fought some of this, I think. Betrayer gods during the founding of the age of Arwadabigibu. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're they're demons. This yeah. thing. They're like, they're like minotaurs, but yeah. with shapes of a pig. Giant shrieking bipedal shape. <laughs> <laughs> or how it's like, a, or, or she could take the form of dozens of stitched together corpses. Ugh. And that's, that's one terrifying. person. Yeah, that's one person. So this would be, oh, and one other thing. There is a there is a cult in, in Victal called the Motherminders. And this cult, they wear all white and... And the most the most elite of the cult sacrifice their left eye. For, oh yeah, for Mother Lorinda or Mother, and and mechanically that's cool because it describes how uh, Mother Lorinda can instantly transport next to any of the uh, Mother Minders, and they can look through the eye socket of the Mother Minders. But narratively it's also cool because it describes how mother lorinda the way she teleports is that she will crawl out of the empty eye socket that's terrifying but it's so cool which i mean, I, I, I imagine like it starts with like really long creepily fingers poking out of the hole 
Well, see, that, see, I, I was I was actually kind of thinking about that today, and I'm like, okay, there's one of two ways we can run this, and that's if 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 she's still in her mother disguise, like have it be like a beam of light, but like the person's like ah, like in yeah. pain as the beam of light is shooting out, and then she's like, yeah. I am the mother, kind of a thing. But <laughs> if, but if you already know her true form, that's when she's like, like just like ah, yes. you know, Ace, Ace Ventura's just, out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but then have but then the entire time the mother minder is just like standing there like completely still as this thing is making its way out of their eye socket and that that would just be a really good way to like nail home okay i mean especially if we're going like the first example that'd be a really good way to nail home like okay something is definitely not right (laughs) i don't know but i get the vibe that something's going on Hmm. i might (laughs) This. As the creature is pouring out of the guy's eyeball, just, just, just turn to the warlock. This is, this is the thing, right? Please, please tell me this is normal. <laughs> and the warlock's like, no, no, dude, you, you got me. I, that, my, my guy usually just shows up in like the form of like a hobo or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So yeah, pretty cool. Again, it's I don't out of. It is creepy, it is dark, but I don't, I still, I'm, I'm, I don't know, these four are just so, th- this is the hump, this is like the, the highest really? of the other ones. I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know why, they're not calling to me. The other ones, all the other ones we read before, they, they all had something that was like, yes, this is amazing, this is awesome, I can see this happening. But even this one, I'm like. Even Lamordia? Yeah, wait, what? Even Lamordia? Well, Refresh, refresh my mind. What's Lamoria? That, that's the Frankenstein one. Yeah, because it had like the love story thing, and it was like a short, and it was like the whole thing with the 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 the, the price of flesh and all that. Like it was very, or maybe it was just because we played that board game. Yeah, <laughs> that was so be. like, yeah. Uh, but okay, so like this one for example, right? Like it's probably one of the coolest ones, and it's very creepy. I'm not gonna say it's not creepy, but. I think this is the scariest one, personally. I think. I oh, I mean, scary as I can. I can see. I'm just. I'm thinking more of like adventure-wise. Well, no, it, it, adventure-wise, this is going to be a very on the rails adventure. Like, yeah. like the moment they come in, like have the people of Victor be like, "Oh my God, they're here! We right. you know, now we can start the celebrations and like right. and like well, you know." Yeah, but you can really you can really dive into the details like how they're like they can't hide their desperation, mm-hmm. you know like these people like they have like that double like they're smiling like there's you know like that the girl from like there's no ward in bank sensei or yeah. whatever like that yeah but see yeah. I, but see I I would have that be something where it's like they're smiling and stuff and but if someone if someone goes out of the way to be like all right I want to roll an inside check on the on these villagers that's when like okay there's something there right. like I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of my way and say oh they're smiling but they're also trying to hide something right, right, like right, no no right. no like I would I would if the adventurers don't ask if the adventurers if the characters are oblivious or they're playing like they're oblivious make them oblivious to it like right. make, because the whole point is that you're trying to sell them to this threat of something right. that lives out in the woods, but they're but it's it's all part the the charade is that oh no you're gonna receive a blessing by the mother and then they get ripped right. apart by a bipedal shrieking yeah it's kind sheep. of like it's kind of like the first half of uh, Midsummer you know because it was like you, watching it with the music and like all the little details in the background and stuff it was unsettling but it wasn't 
You didn't know where it was going. Yeah, it wasn't terrifying. Right. I, I would honestly, like, if, if, if anyone hasn't watched Midsummer, first of all, if no one watched Midsummer, what the fuck? But yeah, if, go and watch it. But if you haven't watched Midsummer, that would be a really good structure for this. Like, have, yeah. like, have the adventurers come in and then just have, like, the villagers be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And, but then, like, but then, like, have the adventurers kind of grow a relationship with the villagers and yeah. then things take a dark turn well make it make it like the whole like oh it's just a festival and everybody's having fun oh look at that you're winning how about that they put a crown on you oh they're gonna take you somewhere what oh my god (laughs) yeah no like just something like oh yeah every four weeks we have or like every every three months we have this festival and you're just in time like you know yeah yeah yeah. or something like or or have them show up like like a couple of days before the festival oh hey you can help us put up this flower arch or whatever or or we need help collecting uh moth wings so yeah, you can help us out with that. <laughs> to make dresses. Yeah. To, okay. All right. I can. Okay. I can. I can see. <laughs> yeah. I can see. Okay. I can see it being played out pretty fun. That one. All right. I give you that one. Now I think the, the, the other ones are so stupid. <sighs> There's not enough action. Two I, out of two out of ten. I didn't get to level up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're being that player. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think this next one is gonna satiate your bloodlust. So, is it though? If it doesn't, then this has all been for naught. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Valachan. All right, we're gonna we're Valachan. Uh, Valachan. I don't. I want to say it's Valachan. So okay. All right, we're gonna go into the jungles of Valachan. Do it. Welcome to the jungle. We just got a game. We got the corner and let's flush your horse too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the. In the jungles of Valachan, survivors must guard their hearts lest something monstrous eat them. For some, the risk is worth the reward of the unusual plants and magical creatures this land is home to. But Valachan is fiercely protected by its dark lord, the devious and immortal hunter, Chakuna. She roams the jungles, hunting dangerous beasts, and when she grows dissatisfied with simpler prey, she draws upon sapient quarry into a fatal contest. The most hunting humans! The most dangerous game! <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Blast. <laughs> yes. This this is the one. Now, see, now this is interesting because I read this one. I'm like, nah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, so I okay. I like this one because yes, it is the most dangerous game type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think the story, the 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 story of uh, what's her name, Chakuna. The, the okay, so Chakuna. Chakuna is going to be a very central and very public yeah. figure in this yeah. domain. Every almost everybody knows who Chakuna is, and she makes herself known. The thing about it is, is that like you have to when when things when the rubber hits the road, you have to play by her rules, and that's the danger of Chakuna. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about Valachan is that Chakuna was not the original Dark Lord. Um, That's what makes it interesting. Yeah, the original Dark Lord was actually someone by the name. Hold on, I'm, I'm going to try to get the name right. Uh, Dark Lord Uric von Karkov. Yeah, Uric von Karkov, who was who was a hunter that just really liked hunting prey. Yep. And when and when he got bored with like tigers and stuff, he moved on to people. And and in the land of Chikuna, there is there is a tribe called the Osilo people. And at during the day, they're normal, everyday people like you and me. But at night, they take the form of panthers and ocelots. Um, yep. 
They're they're lycanthropes. Yeah. And so and so Uric sought sought out sought to hunt the uh, Osilo people because he thought that was the 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 best game to hunt. And over the course of Chikuna's lifetime, he turned these almost yearly hunts and he he made them more intricate and more uh, convoluted to where it, it became like a tournament, like a battle yeah. royale style tournament. Yeah. And so and so in an effort to save her people, Chikuna joined the tournament and she won. And when she did, she proceeded to rip out her own heart and bury it um, in... Oh, God, where she bury it? Hold on. <laughs> she buried it in, in a place called Yaguara's Heart, um, which is which is southeast of the Pan, of the Pantera Lodge, and then and then proceeded to, in order to gain immortality, rip out Uruk's heart and then eat that. So and as you do, yeah, when well, you win, when you win, yeah, yeah. Nor, you know the normal passing of the yeah, torch yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Um, and so and and so because. And because the dark powers are petty as they are, Uruk can't die. So, so in order in order to make him a non-threat, even after ripping his heart out, in order to make him a non-threat, uh, Chikuna has decapitated Uruk and keeps his head as a trophy, like so many other trophies that he that he's kept in his own lodge. And the the mists were already there, long yeah. since been established. But when when Chikuna um, killed Uruk, she allowed the the forests and jungles to reclaim the castles that that he had built, and so and so now there's only like the sunken ruins of a castle, and the rest is just dense, um, like uh, rainforest. Yep, <clears throat> I'm I'm getting I'm getting uh, uh, Cthulhu. No, fuck, Cholt. Shoulder to vibe here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that dra- that really like draws me here is that hers is actually a willing bond with the yeah. with like she doesn't have essentially a torment. Like she wants this. Well, it's not it's, it's not so much that she wants this, but it's it's that when she became the when she <laughs> inherited the the Dark Lord throne uh, for this area, she realized that in order to maintain her power, she has to keep running this tournament. Right, but. But because she made a promise to her people that, hey, the Osilo people will never be hunted again, she has made it to where, okay, the Osilo the people will never become victims of this tournament ever again. So in order to maintain this tournament, she has to bring in outsiders. Yep. Um, and, and here you are. <laughs> and that's where the adventurers come in. Um, and and it, she, she willingly opens the, um, the mists yeah. before the tournament because... She knows the allure, the allure of Valachan is too much for some people because it, it describes how Valachan is the is the place where you can find very rare medicinal herbs and stuff like that, and or or if you're a hunter, like hey, this is the only place where you can find this certain creature, and so she will she will use this, much like a hunter herself, to snare these people in, and then once they're behind her borders, she shuts them off, and yep. then that's when the tournament starts proper. Um, which is which is which is a, I think it's a really cool concept of like the adventures are you know okay so here's the adventure there's this uh, beautiful city of uh, Valachan you know and you describe it as this grandiose you know um, hunter uh, no hunter what's it called 
Yeah, yeah, like hunting grounds mm-hmm. with rare medicinal, like, you know, like and tell the players to make their reason why they're going there based on those things. You know, hunting, finding rare medicine, finding rare magic, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, visiting this one city, just tell them, like, oh, you've heard of it, you know, if you you know it's grandiose, the people who've seen it, they come back with riches and, and great experiences and all this stuff. And then you bring them in, and they're like, okay, you start in the jungle, you have to find the city. And then slowly they realize, or they stumble upon the uh, the ruins of the city that has been taken over by the... Yeah. And then and just that, fucking pull the rug uh, from under them. And, that, and that's when they realize, oh, there's never been really a city. Like, the, mo- the yeah. most you're going to get is the closest approximation to a village, maybe. And that's, yeah. that's just going to be people in, like, straw huts. <laughs> and that and that's yeah. pretty much it. Um, and it, it even describes how the, how the jungle actively would stop a city from yeah. being built. <laughs> um, but it also describes how everything in the jungle is hostile yep everything. even even just regular plants that you walk <laughs> over they just become uh, uh hostile towards you and how and and how people will like avoid the river because there's giant wasps and <laughs> that that prey upon the hostile plants along the river and it's just like everything <laughs> it's like it sounds- it's like Sounds like a fun time. Like, like you know, you know that idea that I had for a mimic room, where it's like, yeah. oh, roll on a percentage dice to see what's a mimic. This, but with plants and animals, where it's just like, oh, I'm making my way. Oh, and that's a uh, that, that that that's one of those um, Venus flytraps, but it's for people. Yeah, uh- yeah. <laughs> you, you put just put Vietnam era music, and then have like, you know, like one of the players be all like, oh, Charlie's in the trees. <laughs> no, Jimmy. Charlotte's is the tree. (laughs) (laughs) When when the trees literally start speaking to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. But, okay, so so then she has this tournament called the Trial of Hearts because you're, I don't know, you're supposed to win her heart or some crap like that. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. Well, no. Win her heart. (laughs) Well, no, not literally. Actually, nobody knows where her heart is. Except yeah. for Chikuna and Yurik. Because um, for some reason, Yurik knows. Um, ah, she confines on him, okay? I get, <laughs> you know. Who else are you going to talk to? <laughs> I feel like I have nobody else to talk to. <laughs> and Yurik's just like, nobody understands, right? Nobody gets it. <laughs> okay, so, it's lonely up here. <laughs> it's lonely at the top, ain't it? Anyway, so. So uh, on the on the night of, uh, of full moons, she picks 15 people to participate in this tournament. And and what they have to do to win this tournament is that it, 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 it's more or less like a race. They have to be the only ones at two points. They have to be um, at the shrine on Kiru Island and the one in the one uh, between the lakes called the Scar on, on an area called the Ankara Plateau. And the thing about it is they have to be the only people in those shrines. So you have... You, you, are you there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, all right. You were just Sorry. frozen solid. Um, no, I got a message from Orgazzo. Okay. Um, so so there's going to be 15 people, but then there's only going to be two winners. So right. immediately, right out the gate, it's PvP. Hunger Games! It's PvP. Like, because like, yeah. nor- normally you're going to have a table of like four or five people. Guess what? Three of those people ain't going to make it. Um <laughs> Four of those people ain't gonna make it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so it's it, this. This would be a very. 
interesting <laughs> adventure. <laughs> I well, I say if you set this, if you if you prime them right, mm -hmm. it's like hey, there's gonna be some PvP elements at some point, so everybody's you know okay with that. Um, but then you're gonna have you know that the players are gonna try to not be PvP, but then maybe maybe a plot point is that they figured out that it can only be two winners. Well, out of the four. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that there, there, there's a whole list of rules, right? And one of them is that there can only be two winners. And so, if but it, do they know those rules? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Chakuna will make it. Will make it known. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. She, she. Uh, it says that she leads the participants to Pantera Lodge, shows them every courtesy, and then sets out the rules for her test. So it's like, hey, right. these are the rules here, and one of them has to be you. There can only be two winners. Um, and so if if anyone were to break the rules, the the dark powers themselves will step in to fulfill her end of the bargain. So if it's something that's like and, and the thing about it is, is that there's a there's a list of rules here in the book, but it's really just more like an example list because she can change the rules whenever she felt like it. So right. if, if there's like if there's like a, a wizard in the group that can cast fly, she could be like, uh, no, I'm gonna legalize a fly spell. And so and so whenever the, the wizard will cast it, they'll fly off, but then the mists will pull them back down and then they yeah. and then they can't cast that spell anymore. Um so she Dude, can, I, I I feel like it's gonna lead to a moment of like two of the players that really like each other like have to put another one out of their misery type mm -hmm. situation you know yeah, like, just, like, just, just pull the trigger just do it <laughs> yeah just just like the halfling looking up at the at the org like you know what you gotta do you, <laughs> you know what you gotta do it just pulls the trigger on the crossbow about, about dying with a friend <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I could I, I could see this being a really fucking brutal adventure. Now, yeah, there is a way fucking uh, squid uh, squid games. <laughs> now there is a way to bypass the tournament, but I'm not gonna tell you how to do that. <laughs> That's for you to find out. Because, it's not because I haven't read it. Because fuck you, <laughs> I might run this setting. <laughs> but. I think I, I think what really what really kind of nails home the idea of how dangerous this trial of the hearts is, is that there is hunt complications, and yeah. for anybody that anybody that really kind of knows the complications table, it's usually like one it's like a d twenty, and there's like one through ten, and then and twelve twelve. A rope bridge provides the only method of crossing the river or ravine. Each character must succeed on a DC ten acrobatics check to cross a bridge or fall sixty feet into the jungle or water below. The bridge has AC 11, six, uh, 16 hit points, and immune to poison and psychic damage. There you go. So just just run across a bridge, cut the rope, and hey, fuck you. <laughs> but but okay, so so most complication tables, it's it's a D20, and then there's complications 1 through 10. And then right. usually 11 through 20, oh, there's no complications. Because it's like, hey, you know, there's like a 50-50 chance. And this one, here. it's 1 through 17. And yeah. then 18 and 20 is like no complication. So it's like it, it is it is damn near guaranteed something Five. will happen when you when this trial starts. And one of them is that Chikuna herself will make an appearance and, and might or might not just wreck your shit because <laughs> because she just can. <laughs> it, will, it will more likely just wreck your shit. Yeah, let's be honest. And, and, and it's funny because the one where Chikuna appears, it says re-roll on this table. 
<laughs> because it's going to be that happens and then something else happens. So of course, yeah. So, I mean, Valachan, it's, it's. I love that she has like a pack of like Panther displacers or displacers. I mean, oh yeah, no, she doesn't have she doesn't have Panther. She has a pack of displacer beasts. Mm. So yeah, which make which makes it even more terrifying because you're yeah you're out you're out hunting and all of a sudden you just and you look next I, to you and there's a displacer beast you're like clever girl <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah I, I think i think this is probably one of the the best ones out of these four only because it can lead to a lot of like player i don't want to say player versus player but like player interactions within other players that can be very like they're very intense like you're not supposed to kill your fellow players you know yeah this is this this setting is the exact opposite of mordant where like mordant you want like one maybe two players in this one yeah. throw them all in because guess mm-hmm. what we're gonna need the body bags so mm-hmm. and and this and this would probably be something where like the real story is gonna be the the the, the friends we make along the way no the real story is gonna be the <laughs> blow by blow account of like right of like oh i had to put down the druid i'm i'm sorry it was a really tearful thing and he was my best friend since like since like the third grade but yeah it was him or me man it was <laughs> him or me <laughs> i won the game but did i really win the did game I? And, and even then even then jacoon would be like no nah, you didn't win and just kills you on the spot <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for your time yeah so yeah Val- valachan valachan can get real hostile real quick <laughs> for, yeah. all, for everybody that's this Remi- is it reminds me a lot of like schultz it really does. Va- Valachan is a really good um, area to test friendships. And yeah. See how that plays out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Is that is that all of it? That, you have anything else? That's all I got. <laughs> we did it. We we read all through all the freaking gardens of the galaxies. I mean, uh, the the dreads of the main. Yeah. Except for except for the carnival because. We, we're more than likely gonna run that one yeah that's that that's all we got for for the main domains of dread there are some there's a lot of minor domains of dread where it's just like a little blurb um yeah some of these are pretty cool some of these are like okay whatever uh i need to give a special shout out to uh to the one called sire 1313 have you seen this one no it's literally a ghost train <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's just—it's a train that. Uh, what's it? Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. It's a train that that like crashed and exploded in Eberron, and because of that, it's just a perpetual ghost train. Yes. <laughs> How does a train become a ghost? Who knows? <laughs> and the Dark Lord is simply just called the last passenger. <laughs> so yeah, just whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next segment. Our most favorite segment ever. The news? No, damn it, Andrew. <laughs> session highlights. Session highlights. Okay, so last right, session. session highlights. I think we had what one one season one session since or two. I want to say we had one session, maybe. All right. I don't know. Did we talk about Chief Rendar beating the living shit out of that? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, okay, we did. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. So last session, you guys were you guys were rescuing the speaker, as as a swath of Zentarum were like tossing the house and stuff, um, and I, I would I would have to say my personal highlight would be the fight in the basement 
only because for some reason that's when the Zentarum started, oh, yeah. that's when the Zentarum started to fight back and they fought back hard because <laughs> yeah. because before that you guys were just wiping the floor of these guys like they, yeah. they 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 weren't like too terribly strong and you were just like you actually were one-shotting a lot of them the majority of them were just killed in one blow but then yeah. but then you went into the basement and for some reason they're just like, nope, we're just gonna roll crits now. And <laughs> yeah. and there was there was one Zitarum with a bow that was like laying you guys out. Like it wasn't it wasn't like it, it wasn't like he was steamrolling through you guys, but he was like doing some serious damage. Yeah. And then I think it was Robert's like, man, I really hope a second one doesn't show up. I'm like <laughs> uh yeah funny thing um, <laughs> it shut up right behind him <laughs> yeah and that's when the second one shows up and just like so 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 now and because the hallway is it's just Narrow. it's just it's five feet wide so everyone is single is everyone is forced to be single file so now so now you have these two archers just like unloading on both of you guys from both sides and it just yeah and it, it is it, it just became a moment like okay we have to stop this or we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I would say that would, that would probably have to be my personal highlight just because, just because things for whatever reason, the rubber hit the road real hard. And it was, spot. it was, it was honestly with those two, because my session highlights for that moment was two when we were in and we were just going up the tower. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the sometimes just kept jumping out the window. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was, <laughs> There was there, there was one that jumped out the window and survived, and he started right. run, he started to run for a little bit, and then Swift put him down, and then there was one that was thinking about jumping out the window out of the third story window and was was kind of rethinking it, but then mittens through some ball berries and he flipped out the window <laughs> and, and he just and, and, and like it, it was three d six and I rolled like an eighteen and he just like immediately just <laughs> died <laughs> and he was like oh okay <laughs> so yeah so so it's just like you guys are like let's save the speaker and like you charge it immediately body start flying yeah. out of windows left and right <laughs> and then my, my other session highlight was in the basement after we took down the two archers and we get to the last room where the leader is i forgot her name oh, the, the main centarum has like her 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 um, knife on her knife on um on the speaker's neck right like mm-hmm. about to kill him and freaking uh, Beery uses shield of faith on the speaker. As she's about to kill him, she she fails to kill him, and then I shoot magic missile. Um, fucking uh, Swift shoots like two arrows. Mitten. She just gets blasted by every single range weapon. Yeah, I mean. mit- mittens <laughs> fire that instant. Mittens fires at at a, at her, and Swift unloads like a magical arrow, and it's just like. We rolled for initiative, but there was no point. I didn't. There was even, no point. <laughs> I didn't. I, I. I. legitimately did not even get to her. Get to her. Um. Turn. Yeah, her turn of initiative. She was just. Yeah. Just. Just turned it. <laughs> well, the magic arrow went through her and pinned her against the wall behind her. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, she just she just turned in the paste. So and it was just like, all right, everybody, just unload on her and just. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was I think it was a mixture of like okay we gotta save the speaker and we're so done with this fucking basement. <laughs> Just fuck this. fuck this basement. <laughs> but before okay, so we didn't speak about the session before that. I have two session highlights. Okay. It was 
when we got so we got okay three session highlights so the first one is when we got our axe beaks mm-hmm. and we all I, I i'm pretty sure we didn't talk about this in the last episode no, but we didn't. all get we all get our uh, axe beaks and andrew does a really good job at like you know which axe beak you're gonna use and beery gets like the strongest axe beak right <clears throat> excuse me or two of the strongest axe beaks are like very confrontational but they're very like beery mm-hmm. and um uh swift the same and and uh and um, and then Mittens gets like a like a shadowy dark axe beak, and then you get to my axe beak, and, just... and you were doing rolls for all of these. And I don't know if you meant it as a joke, but it was like it was like essentially the chicken from the chicken from uh, Moana, yeah, hey, like hey. With, with the with this with the with the sideway eyeballs. And I don't know if you were expecting it, but I'm just like it's so ugly. I love it. Well, it was, it was <laughs> what's it? Okay, so I'm gonna pull back the curtain for a bit because I was rolling for alignments on your uh-huh. on specifically on your axe beat because I just okay. you know, I just I I just wanted to experiment with it. And the first time you rolled, um, what's it? chaotic neutral and that was the one that like knocked the food out of your hand and gobbled the food up and, oh okay and then, know, yeah. no 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 sorry law no it was i think it was just too true neutral or neutral evil one of the two it was a neutral something um but then the second one was chaotic good so i'm like all right <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah yeah i remember now because yeah i was the first one to go because nobody wanted to do anything so i was like yeah dude and then knocks the food, and then you go through everybody else, and at the very end, I'm like, can I try again? And yeah. then I got this fucking chicken thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, and then you got, what's his name? His name is Crown, but he... Crown, yeah. yeah. but he could have been, he, he was, like, like the the uh, the axe beak owner wasn't even entirely sure if he raised that one. <laughs> like, he just kind of showed up one day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, for some reason, I picture Crown as the only one that's actually kind of colorful. And it's just like, yeah, but, <laughs> he has like a colorful plumage. But it's also, but it's only to play up the fact that he is not meant to survive in ice <laughs> window. <laughs> Because even Mans has like a completely black one that he yeah. got, like cool like rogue like, and like they all like resemble the owners and mine is just the most colorful fucking like, one with the eyes that just wiggle all over the place yeah. like wiggly eyeballs. But then after that we get our axe beaks and then we're like whatever and as we're like leaving we see one of the centurions from that we killed later on. Oh we didn't kill him, but um like run right like, the chase ensues and yeah. Andrew's like ready for this chase and somehow. Fuck Swift and Beery. No, no, no. Swift and I think and Mittens. Mittens. No, Swift and Mittens. Swift and Mittens. Just from like, I, like I, it was like three, what, like like three rows of houses? Yeah. They just shoot blindly with disadvantage and almost fucking crit. I, okay. Twice! <laughs> okay, so so what happened was that Mittens like, can I just take a blind shot at this guy? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah you can, but you're going to be rolling a disadvantage because he's kind of out of your range and you're going to be shooting blind. He's like, okay, that's fine, whatever. And he rolls two... Like, it, like, like two modified twenty ones, and I'm just like, yeah. all right, roll damage. <laughs> and then, and, and then Swift's like, can I take a shot at him? I'm like, sure. And, yeah, and, then, yeah. and it was something like a sixteen and a seventeen, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then the actual chase was to stop the axe beat because the guy was already pretty much dead. Oh yeah, no, the guy, the guy was, the guy was long since taken care of. But the axe beat yeah. kept running away with the, with the magic with the cauldron. Yeah, with the magic ever filling cauldron. Yeah, um, but then we get to the guy, right? We start inter- interrogating him, and he does. He tries to, he tries to pull like a Hydra moves, like pulls his teeth off and bites into yeah, it with yeah, the pill of cyanide. The, the cyanide capsule. Here he comes out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so, 
so I, lo- I love how in this moment I, I describe how you hear something audibly crunch and Howard goes, yeah. are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I describe how the guy's like convulsing and like foam coming out of his mouth and Barry preps, um, preps lay on, lay on hands, hands and smacks him enough to get the poison out of him. <laughs> and, so, and so now his one cyanide capsule is like wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Where this, where this crap, she slaps the poison out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the poison, and then he just like snaps back to reality. And he's just like, oh fuck. <laughs> it was, it was probably, probably the most um, creative use of lay on hands I've seen in a while. She used five points of lay on hands to cure this guy's poison by slapping it out of his mouth. <laughs> No. <laughs> I fucking loved it, no. and I don't know. I think I think the I think that guy regrets everything because oh yeah. Even though he was, you guys, we were done interviewing him and whatever. We we're gonna let him go or you know whatever. For some reason, I decided that Octavio needed a prisoner. And 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 then and then on top of that, you guys drag him back to the um, to the speaker's house, which for some reason there are Dwargar there too. Yeah, that are also fighting the Zentarum. So this guy has a full view of you guys viciously slaughtering these Dwargar, and then and, and, and then and then you're like, "All right, stay here." And then you go upstairs, and it's just it's just shouting and people flying out of windows. And like from this dude's perspective, like you guys are just like a pack of demons. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love about the first fight that we get into is that you describe it very, very bloody. Yeah. And for some reason, the Octavia just developed a squeamish, uh, squeamish uh, uh, reaction to blood. Yeah. So the whole fight, he gets like 14 points of damage in one go or something mm-hmm. like that. Like almost down. Just blood everywhere. And Octavia's just throwing up. So the whole room is just blood and throw up everywhere. He throws up at the side of... And he, he, he can't stop. He just keeps going. He throws up at the side of blood from one of the Dwargars. And then he throws up from his wounds. And then he throws up at the sight of Beery decapitating one of the core Dwargars. So he's just constantly... It all happened within like six seconds. Yeah. So... I just imagine it being very violent. That violent vomit. Just... <laughs> yeah, like... Like, like uncontrollable. Like you hold your mouth up and it comes through your fingers. Like that's how bad it is. Oh, uh, by the way, do you like how I draw play the fact that I only had like three life points uh, 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 left? By almost fainting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everyone's like trying to figure out what they're gonna do next, and I'm like, all right, guys, I don't feel so good. I'm gonna lay down over here and just. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta rehydrate. <laughs> <laughs> I got my pale lips. <laughs> I lost a lot of fluids in that last fight. Full side of Gatorade. <laughs> Such a just, can somebody give me a PDLA? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel completely forgot that Barry fucking decapitates the guy in front of me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, meanwhile, from outside the door looking in, this guy's just looking at me, stabbing and throwing up and <laughs> yeah. blood and throw up going everywhere. You're throwing up on the statue and just throwing up on this dude's decapitated head. <laughs> Oh, and this guy's just like, oh my god, what have I got myself in? 
Did he describe that it was like his first mission or something? Yeah, he he was like he was like on the lowest rung of the Zentarum. Like it was like his third week or something like that. And this like his first major mission. Like before this, he was like getting coffee for them and stuff. Like, like he, the joke is that he the joke is that we we scared him straight. He's never gonna do anything. He's just like he just like just stopped being an intern. He, he's like, oh boy, it's my first mission. Uh, I just love how you play him from being like a like a hardened spy about to sacrifice his life for the sand terms <laughs> to being traumatized the, the, by this party of maniacs. The moment he realized the poison didn't work, he flipped. He just he was just like, oh, this is not working. <laughs> oh fuck, that was great. Oh, all right. Oh, oh news. Woo. I don't think we have nothing, any news. Well, there's nothing major. There's uh, they announced that official uh, multi-language versions of the core books are actually going to be uh, easily accessible by everybody. Uh, I think the main ones is German, French, Italian, and Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before, I mean, there were there were there are official copies, but they're very hard to get through uh, to get to get them. So now they're just going to like uh, mass produce them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so that's. That's one of them. Uh, Fizzbin's uh, Treasury of Dragon came out. Pretty cool book. I have not had a chance to look through that's, any of that. That's perfectly fine, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's um, that, that's what it means to be an adult. So Yeah, fuck. Um, I think other than that, I think that's pretty much... Uh, with a talk opportunity, though, today we were talking about having a little Dune book club, just yeah. jokingly, and it slowly developed into... Possibly. Well, the joke the... the joke started because during our last session, for whatever fucking reason, our oh, yeah. <laughs> our viewership spiked when we were when we were talking about Dune before the session started, yeah. and so and so and so we had because things are going on in our personal lives, we have to start um, uh, running the sessions on Tuesday. Oh yeah, so that's a big news. Yeah, <laughs> we well, have our I news mean, our sessions yeah, on Tuesday. So, now. <laughs> so now at the time of this recording, it's going to be tomorrow when we start yep. uh, running the sessions. Um, and, but then, like Howard, Jeffrey, like, oh, we're still going to talk about Dune on Wednesday. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so and 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 so that it kind of snowballed into like like Heather's like, yeah, we should we should totally talk about Dune and like have like an actual thing. And I'm like, guys, yeah. I, Robert's like, well, I guess I'm going to start reading Dune I'm now. Like, I'm like, guys, I don't have time for another podcast. And then you're like, well, let's just do it for the regular podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't need to do anything crazy. So I guess we're um, reading Dune now for the podcast. So, and uh, beginning of season two, which by the way, we haven't have an official launch for season two. Uh, but we, Andrew and I are gonna, probably going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. to regroup and recharge our batteries. Um, but as we come back, more than likely, we are going to be uh, talking about Dune with Robert and Heather, Hopefully. which is which is our whole viewership. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the entire. <laughs> that's, it. that's everybody who listens to us. <laughs> so <laughs> it's we... going to start out with a with a viewer special where you yeah. get to be part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be that's gonna be our plans for season two uh but with that uh, i think that's all we have for you guys today mm -hmm. thank you so much for sticking along and joining us for another wow this is episode 52 it's been a trip mm -hmm. it's been like two years now yeah uh thank you so much for making it possible to have two seasons 
under our belt yeah. and stick around. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We're still going to be playing the, uh, Dungeons and Dragons until all the holiday stuff starts happening. Then we're probably going to have to take a break with that too. But, you know, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitch and all that to, to, to know when the next uh, season two starts for Attack of the You mean season three? This is season three. three. Holy crap, season three. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were, we were long past season two. Yeah. Um, but with that, thank you so much. Once again, uh, be safe out there. And as always, keep on gaming. Yeah. Bye. Bye.